Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Also brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Today we have our usual Friday look at what happened in grain markets this week. Canola is down and wheat is up, and they're both one down, one up for the week for a bit. We also take a look at the oats market. Real Agriculture is in Minot to discuss the weather at a Pulse conference. We also have a two-part cattle market outlook from this week's Beef Industry Conference in Saskatoon. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain markets were mixed this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacalos this week was up 12 cents a bushel, while canola was down about $2 per metric ton. That's all for the week. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, we've seen a bit of a rebound from the lows. The March contract this week reached a low of $791 a ton. As of today, we're sitting at about $810 a ton, which is down approximately $2 a ton on the week. When it comes to the March Minneapolis wheat contract, we've seen a bit of an increase here this week up approximately 12 cents a bushel to where we sit at $9.18. So on the canola front, I do believe we were a little bit oversold there for a while. Uh, The March contract now has still gone down for the year approximately $70 a ton. Um, We were quite a bit lower than that again when it reached just below that 800. I believe uh, we might have seen a little bit of producer selling um, just given the way that the prices have been. I am watching very closely what is happening in the soy market here with the improving crop conditions. New selling could emerge anytime on the bean side of things. So in order to expect uh, continued buying from there, I believe the Argentina forecast models uh, will need to trend drier into mid-February. But for right now, those markets are staying stable and again, maybe helping out on the canola front as well. What's pushing wheat up? 
Well, looking on the wheat side of things, again, 12 cents a bushel, uh, I, I wouldn't say is uh, a big move by any means here. If you are looking at a Minneapolis wheat contract chart, it has been really just going sideways here for the last couple of months. The market experienced kind of the highest close since January 3rd. As traders do maybe see some potential for tightening supply ahead, there is a, a tight supply now for India, increased talk of further production declines in Ukraine and, and talk of the potential for a, a poor crop in the U.S. have been seen as some positive forces, but kind of like what's going on in, in Brazil and in Argentina, the weather can change quite quick. So it's something to watch. So outline a little more. What is the outlook next week and beyond? So I think traders definitely want to see the, the canola contract build uh, on this holding $800 a ton here. If we do see a little bit more kind of momentum here, we could see, you know, closer to that 830 on the nearby March contract come again. But again, there needs to be some outside market forces helping, whether it's on the soy side or the Canadian dollar. But we have seen today here the Canadian dollar go above that 75 cent level here. There's been a little bit of renewed optimism on the stock market side of things with very strong markets uh, on the TSX, S&P, NASDAQ here this month. So that's, I believe, helping the currency, which might be weakening canola a little bit. So that's definitely something to watch for next week as well. Adam Piccalo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalley on 620 CKRM. Oat industry analysts were not too surprised this week when Agriculture Canada number crunchers predicted a 30% drop in oat production this crop year. Scott Shields is the leading oat buyer at Grain Millers in Yorkton. It's, I think we're starting to realize that that is probably close to where we're going to be at. I think with the price of oats uh, probably down more than anything else has come down this fall with the big crop, uh, we're likely to see a very large carryout, maybe close to a record carryout. And with that, and you know, sales are good, demand is good, but with the big crop, we're also seeing pressure uh, those sale prices are coming down uh, from the other end and likely with oat prices in the $4 range, we're going to see the acres tumble uh, 20% down wouldn't surprise me one bit and 30 I could see happening if we don't see a change in uh, in barley prices and wheat prices uh, for, to compete for those acres. We, we could lose some more here before seeding time. Shields feels oat supplies are quite good. Grain millers, we're, we're bought up on old crops, so we've got our supplies all, all contracted to get us through to harvest. And the number of calls coming through with guys with oats in the bin, uh, the number of emails coming from brokers, uh, and just everything we're seeing, uh, it's the biggest carryout that I've seen uh, in the 10 years that I've been here at Grain Millers. Um, we're, it's, again, it's it's great that farmers had a great crop, but uh, with the year before being so poor and people having contract buyouts and, and those type of things happening, there was, it seems like, a bit of a reluctance to do too much forward contracting, and that's put a lot of people in the position they're in, which is with a lot of bins on the farm full of oats that uh, don't have a lot of opportunities for homes here, it looks like, in the next uh, coming months. Scott Shields is the Grain Procurement Manager at Grain Millers in Yorkton. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on 620CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. We're at the Northern Pulse Grower Association Annual General Meeting. And fresh off the stage, it is Andrew Pritchard. He is with Nutrien. Andrew, great to chat with you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, weather. Weather. <laughs> you know, all, all farmers uh, very, very much paying attention to the weather is one of the biggest variables. Uh, there is regions that will say, boy, you know, we could use some dry months or weeks um, when you know too much rain. But, you know, for a lot of the people that are here in this audience today in Minot, it's really about, is it going to rain? A real dry bias through the northern uh, tier as well into the western Canadian prairies. Seems to be a common theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're in good company across North America. A lot of people who are tired of the dryness and wondering when we get that moisture in here. So the good news is we talked a lot about La Nina. We know that La Nina is one of the biggest instigators of drought across North America. La Nina, we can see that it's weakening. All of our forecast guidance continues to suggest La Nina will continue to peel back and fade away as we go through the spring into the summer. It's going to be a slow process. It's not just flipping the switch right there. But as we remove La Nina, we remove one of the biggest instigators of drought across the region. So this will open up the pattern across North America to bring in some of these more organized, robust storm systems. The one that, you know, the ones that produce big swaths of heavy snow or deeper into the spring, you know, the heavy rain and the thunderstorms. So, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see as we get deeper into the end of the winter into the spring as far as who exactly is going to get that moisture who's going to get the most when will we get it but again the the good news is we're peeling back that big drought driver in la nina so is this we could see a bit of a change here this this is an opportunity yes I like it. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Change is good when you've been dealing with three years of the same thing and you're tired of that same thing being dryness across the region. Uh, So, yeah, this is good news. It's the whole western half of the U.S. I was going to say, yeah, it's the whole western U.S. And (laughs) even during last summer, it was, you know, me and Illinois, we were dealing with with drought as well. So it's... A lot of people are tired of this, and a lot of people are happy to see La Nina go. We were talking about the Colorado River levels. Mm -hmm. This is a big, big thing. This isn't just... Obviously, in agriculture, we want it to rain in, in where we've had real dryness, but there is more to this discussion. Oh, yeah. Like, all of the, if you look at the western half of the U.S., there's a lot of societal factors that are really, mm-hmm. really hoping that this pattern changes. Oh, yeah. Societal factors, you know, it really brought shipping to a halt here through the fall when we saw that drought expand into the parts of the uh, the, the lower and middle Mississippi River valleys. Uh, and then, yeah, societal issues out there where we're talking about, you know, water being available for, for agriculture, human life, any yeah. kind of day-to-day activities, yeah, yeah. and then certainly recreational, too. I know we're, we're, you know, wanting to get those lakes and rivers back up. And so we've started to do that, and we just got to keep it going so if we do happen to get this change is it is it a change like how dramatic is the potential here so i'll use manitoba's example 21 super dry like just awful all of a sudden 22 spring the tap will not shut off in the red river valley that's the same thing happened in in north dakota in, in the red river valley that was a very dramatic flip is that is that the kind of thing we're talking about here or are we just basically saying maybe getting back to normal rainfall 
unfortunately, it can go both ways. We do okay. see that. You know, it, it, that was a great example. It was really kind of a tale of two summers across the Canadian prairie where we saw just extremely widespread heat and drought in 21 and then much different story in 2022. And we see that sometimes across the western U.S. where we can see in, up to the Pacific Northwest, we see prolonged periods of dryness. And then suddenly we've got one of these atmospheric rivers that's delivering, you know, a foot of rainfall. And that's obviously problematic. A lot of that moisture is just going to run off and, you know, it not do us any good as far as replenishing that soil moisture. So it's kind of both ways. And in, in, in some areas, it may be that dramatic switch where, oh, no, now we're stuck in a pattern where we keep getting storm systems and it's bringing yeah. too much in the way of rainfall. But by and large, it, it should be just a, a, an overall shift toward more variety, a little bit more of a, an active and kind of flowing pattern. La Nina really just kind of stops things across North America and, and shuts it down. So who wins? Who gets the most moisture? Who, you know, that's maybe not a win, but if you get too much, but yeah, those are the questions we'll have to kind of just watch and see. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Real Agriculture Report has been brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Cloudy today with 60% chance of light snow early this afternoon, then a mix of sun and cloud. Wind northeast 20, temperature falling to minus 17 this afternoon, the low minus 25 tonight. Saturday mainly sunny, wind northwest 30 gusting to 50, the high minus 21. Wind chill near minus 34 tomorrow, the low minus 22. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 22, the low minus 28. Monday, sunny, the high minus 18, the low minus 24. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 20, the low minus 25. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 19, the low minus 23. Thursday, partly cloudy, with a high forecast minus 13. Normal high for this state is minus 10, the normal low minus 22. The sun rose at 841 this morning. It sets at 542 tonight. And currently, the hot spot is Maple Creek at minus 3 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City at minus 33. Esteban is minus 8. Saskatoon minus 14. Swift Current also minus 8. Weyburn minus 9. Yorkton is minus 17. In Regina, cloudy with light snow. It's minus 11. That's 12 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northeast at 22. Humidity is 74%. The barometer rising 101.7. Light snow and moose jaw, minus 9. Winds are from the north at 21. Once again, Regina, cloudy. Light snow, minus 11. That's 12 above Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Cattle prices are on the rise. Brenna Grant is the Executive Director of Canfax, a division of the Canadian Cattle Association, and spoke yesterday at the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference in Saskatoon. She outlines some market highlights. So we've definitely seen things start to turn a corner last June uh, when we got that rain um, and we've really seen uh, calf prices take off starting last August and we've got to remember that prices in Canada are really tied to the exchange rate and so about 60% of the price increase we saw last fall was directly related to the weaker Canadian dollar and we're expecting further support to come here in 2023 due to supply fundamentals but we've got to remember that price is that relationship between supply and demand and demand is the caution right now as we're monitoring both the domestic and international consumer and how resilient they're going to be um, at the grocery store this coming year. Grant says beef demand remains quite good. Absolutely. Demand has actually held up really well. We've actually seen a rebound here in 2023. So retail beef prices sort of led the way in terms of food price inflation back in 2021. And we saw some pushback from consumers at that time. But in 2022, we actually saw other commodities catch up to beef in terms of food price inflation. And those price relationships are really important um, when a consumer is standing at the meat counter making that decision between beef, pork, and poultry, and getting back to those historical price relationships last summer um, is really helpful. And so we have seen demand pick back up here again in 22. And we've just been so impressed with how resilient that consumer demand has been in North America. Grant outlines which cuts of beef seem to be selling. It's been a really good mix of both. We've got to remember that even though we have food price inflation and uh, consumers in North America are spending more on food, the percentage of their total disposable income that goes to food is relatively small. And so we continue to see good demand for a range of cuts. Um, but when there's concerns about recession, one of the things about beef in a recession is that as long as we have those price relationships with competing proteins, we tend to see um, trading down within the category from high-priced middle meats down into hamburger meat. And it's one where we expect some of that to happen here with higher food prices in 23, but we're definitely still seeing consumers looking to put beef on the plate. U.S. cattle numbers are down quite a bit, and Grant says it will have an impact on this side of the border. Yeah, so we're obviously tied very closely with the U.S. market. Um, their uh, cattle herd is down 6% from the peak back in 2018-19, and we're expecting their supplies to tighten throughout the year um, in terms of beef production. Um, one of the things that is going to impact that down there is if they get a second year of drought, and if that results in more cattle going to market just because they lack feedstuffs. And that might mean that 
that the drop in production there is less than what is currently being projected. But that tightening of North American supplies is a real driver for the coming year, particularly the further we go into the year. Grant says Canadian cattle numbers are also dwindling. Yeah, so we don't have January 1st, uh, 2023 inventories yet from Statistics Canada. They won't be published until March. But one of the things we have to remember is even though we've seen um, continued consolidation of the beef cow herd in Canada, our production has been supported over the last several years by net feeder imports. So we've been a net importer of U.S. feeder cattle since 2019, um, and that has continued. Uh, we've seen um, a pickup in net imports basically since September of 22 uh, that means that we're not going to see as big of a decline in beef production and as much of a tightening of supplies as the U.S. is going to see. Brenna Grant is the executive director of Canfax, a division of the Canadian Cattle Association, and spoke yesterday at the Beef Industry Conference in Saskatoon. Coming up, she provides more overview of the cattle market. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Cattle prices are on the upswing. Canfax Executive Director Brenna Grant says good consumer demand and shrinking supplies are part of the reasons for the rising prices. She has some tips for cow-calf producers couple of things. First of all, we're watching the demand side of the equation uh, really closely, both domestically and internationally. Purchasing power of the consumer is being challenged, but the other thing we're watching closely is what's going to happen in terms of weather here. Is the U.S. going to get a second year of drought, or will they have a good corn crop? Because if we see any reduction in feed prices, that is going to be price supportive in the second half of the year when we see those beef production numbers tightening up. Grant was asked, when will U.S. cattle numbers be on the rise? We're actually probably a way off of expansion in the U.S. Um, they did have drought in 22. Uh, right now, while there have been improvements in the moisture situation, looking at potentially a second year of dry conditions, uh, they are not going to expand until they have grass and feed to support that. Grant also had an outlook for the feedlot sector. So feedlot profitability, we've seen um, fed cattle prices increase throughout 22. And in the fourth quarter, there were some classes of cattle that were probably back in the black on a cash basis when selling cash. We've also, though, seen some disappointing basis levels as the U.S. market has tightened up faster and therefore have seen larger price rallies. But it's one where for the feedlots, it's really about controlling costs and being really savvy on their risk management in terms of their profitability. So just like in the cow-calf sector, there's lots of variability in what margins are for feedlots, uh, depending on their risk management for inputs as well as outputs. Grant says imports of cheaper U.S. corn to fatten cattle in Canada have fallen off. 
Corn imports dropped in September, October, November back to the 2018 to 2020 average, so pre-drought levels. Um, obviously, we had very large imports uh, from the fall of 21 right through until last August, um, but those have slowed down um, to more historical levels. Grant outlines Canadian beef exports in 2022. So despite the fact that we were out of China in 22, we saw a pickup in other Asian markets. Um, so Japan, South Korea, we also saw increases to Mexico. Grant says several factors led to the changes. So we would definitely say that the other Asian markets that um, have a culinary demand for similar cuts as what was going to China, um, they were able to pick up and provide that competition to take that type of product that had previously been going to mainland China. The other aspect is the exchange rate. So that weaker dollar, um, particularly in the third quarter, um, helped our competitiveness against uh, U.S. exports. Um, and other major exporters. Grant was asked about the impact of reduced, significantly reduced Chinese purchases of Canadian beef. And that's where it's so important to have multiple countries that are taking those cuts and have. it's really been um, encouraging to see how much those other Asian countries sort of picked up and filled that gap. Um, overall, total exports to Asia are looking that they're going to be um, slightly softer here in 22 when we get the final December data, um, but it, it's not as bad as uh, it would have been otherwise. Brenna Grant spoke yesterday at the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference in Saskatoon. She is the Executive Director of Canfax, a division of the Canadian Cattle Association. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Grain prices were reflecting a downward trend in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 5.20 at 7.86.82. Yellow peas declined 4.73 at 4.58.56. Number one red spring wheat went down 3.24 at 4.11.21. The rest were unchanged. Durham 4.55.26. Feed barley 3.56.57. Chickpeas 1.16.45. Flax 672.98, lentils 694.40, oats 229.32, and feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March went down one and a quarter cents at 916 and three quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Mark Report, Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 330 on offer at our Thursday regular sale, consisting mostly of cows and bulls. 
the big bull market looks stronger. A dollar fifteen to one twenty eight and fifty. Top end grain fed high yielding cows were stronger. Ninety eight to a dollar six. Sales right up to a buck nine and a quarter on some of these big strong cows. They're bringing over two thousand dollars each. Medium hay fed cows eighty two to ninety five. Shelly cows are being discounted. Good run of grass cattle expected here at our Tuesday, January thirty first pre sort sale. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, $183.28 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Imperial Oil says it's going ahead with a $720 million project to build a renewable diesel facility at its Strathcona refinery near Edmonton. The project, first announced in August 2021, is expected to produce 20,000 barrels per day of renewable diesel once it's complete. The company says a significant portion of the production will be sent to British Columbia to support the province's plan to lower carbon emissions. Imperial says it also plans to use renewable diesel in operations as part of its emission reduction plans. The world is trying to switch from electricity produced by burning fossil fuels to cleaner wind and solar power, but some people have worried that there aren't enough rare earth minerals to make the green electricity switch. A new study today finds that the planet has enough of the 17 different types of materials needed, but will have to ramp up mining. Scientists say it will add a bit to pollution, but be offset by savings in getting rid of dirty power plants. The study doesn't look at minerals like lithium for batteries or cars. That's a tougher issue that will be studied next. On the markets today, the TSX is down 11 points at 20,688. The Dow has gained 55 points to 34,005. Oil has gone down 85 cents at $80.16 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 75.10 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.